it's electric. Do 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 do. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slay. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're looking at the latest Suicide Squad cast members, Mike. Ooh, okay. Nice gallery to take a peek at here. More DC properties are joining CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know, throw it all in there. We we got a couple weeks before that thing airs. I think we can cram a little bit more. And I've got more to add to this list. Um, <laughs> how much can Disney pay for Spider-Man's movie rights? Ooh, we'll find out. I bet there's a B in there for billions. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully everybody realizes, uh, compared to last week, I sound a little bit better. So finally fighting off the last vestiges of this cold. So hopefully the podcast is slightly more enjoyable. But unfortunately, we've added a little bit of coughing symptoms from my co-host, Chris, yeah. on the other side of the microphone. I'm still fighting off a cough. So we're going to be battling with the cough buttons that are on the microphones for this. So uh, just give us one more pass, one more week. Uh, we keep I keep hearing from everybody out there in the world that it's going around. Everybody's getting sick. So shout out to anybody in the world right now that is sick listening to the podcast hopefully this will uh this will this will ease your soul because when i've been sick for the last week you know sometimes like your eyes just get tired of like streaming something on the couch and you're just like i'm sick and i can't get up so i don't want to do anything uh so sometimes i'll just like throw on a podcast because i don't have to engage my eyes i can just engage my ears so uh, the best prescription is more superhero sleep. That is true. That is true. And the best part is uh, you don't need a doctor to prescribe it to it, to you. You can, uh, <laughs> you can get it over the counter, if you will. And uh, it's you do need to show your driver's license, though, because we have some uh, we have pseudoephedrine in our podcast, and that is a controlled substance. And most people uh, can get it for free without a copay. Uh, most people, <laughs> uh, there's an asterisk here. Some people do need to pay to listen to the show, and you know who you are. Um, but yeah, so luckily my microphone is a higher end model than Mike's. So whenever I start coughing, I can turn it off because I've got this little annoying cough that has no substance to it. So I just sound like I've got the black lung from Zoolander (laughs) and nobody wants to hear that the whole time. Um, the people at work are probably done with me. They are tired of hearing me do my little cough. So, uh, kudos to them. Uh, I actually spent this week at work putting a desk together in my new office. I had to put a desk together. You ever do that, Mike? Uh, oh, I've, I've put together my fair share of furniture. And, and uh, if anything's going to bring you closer to your, your coworkers, it's definitely putting together office furniture. But I did find out uh, if you go to YouTube and search lo-fi hip-hop beats, uh, you can probably uh, find something to put some stuff together. You've discovered too. the lo-fi hip-hop. Oh, this is like a... It's not a discovery, like a... but it, it, <laughs> it definitely, I think, helped reduce my anger throughout the whole process. It is this huge growing kind of like wave of just like chill beats that are just out there in the world. Like I don't think most people care where these 
where the sounds come from or who the artists are. They just want to be able to hit a button and just listen to lo-fi beats until like they fall asleep or until they finish their their homework or you know until they're done putting a desk together. Um, if you ever go check them out on YouTube, there seems to be some sort of cross between lo-fi hip-hop beats and anime or at least artistry in general because mm-hmm. there's some people that'll like you know put their artistic skills to work and they'll draw like a an animated kind of like chill looping background of like somebody laying on their bed and maybe they just animate like a ceiling yeah. fan spinning and then they have like the lo-fi beat so it's a weird kind of culture sub community out there attached to it that i think is like actually really cool as someone who works on video and would like to, to just throw something and repeat the animation over and over again, I definitely know where they're coming from. Like, this is the easiest mm. thing to to make last hours and hours. Like, what, two hours yeah. without having to redo everything over and over again, so. I've actually discovered that there's, um, there's a couple different subreddits, not of the lo-fi genre, I'm sure there are I for sure, but but of just uh like just chill scenery like there's just a whole appetite of people just, that just want soothing animated gifs that just kind of loop and there's people that like want it to be even more granular where they want they want soothing animated gifs but they want them to be pixel art so like all of that out there exists uh sometimes the internet can be really great if you look in the right corners you know mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely agree i i like i think i like to think it would lower my blood pressure sometimes just looking at this <coughs> stuff you know <coughs> Uh, as, as Mike hacks up a lung over there. <laughs> um, but speaking of, you know, cool parts of the internet, we've got some shout outs <coughs> we want to go through at the start of the show this week. We have a lot of <laughs> listeners reach out to us through our channels. And while we might not hit them up at the start of every week, we do see everything. And we do we do talk about it between each other, mostly outside of the show. So, um, Mike, why don't you just <coughs> start up here? Maybe if you get you talking, we can help with your cough here a little bit. Who is the first person you want to give a shout out to this week? Well, uh, oh man, shout out to, uh, oh, hold on. Yep, there's another one. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. <coughs> We're going to have to trim this out of the show. Uh, go on. Uh, I made the mistake of trying to hold on to a cough drop in my mouth and it did not work. Oh. So now my eyes are like freaking watering. I'm trying not to die over here. I just made it worse. What a good way to start the show. That's a great start to the show, Mike. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we'll see what Chris keeps in this. and what he I doesn't. might leave it all at this point. I don't want to mess all right. up all the time codes, but continue. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to Uncanny LZ, who reached out on Twitter. And surprise, surprise, uh, I, I we were both at a wedding the other weekend for a friend of the show, Quentin Parker, and he knew the bride and the groom personally, and somehow also also listened to our podcast. So I don't know what confluence of the universe brought this person into our uh, our little superhero slate circle. But uh, thanks for reaching out, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, I, I mean. Hopefully you are because you're listening to it, uh, and it wasn't you know a horrible review, thankfully. So uh, to shout out to him, I definitely follow <coughs> him on his page, and he shows a lot of comic book panels. So if you're into comic books, uh, retweeting scenes stuff like that, he he shares a lot of comic book art, and I definitely uh, appreciate that. I gotta give a shout out. I think on two channels, Mike, on both Instagram and YouTube, uh, the the user Electric. Uh, uh-huh. Don't know your real name. You got a picture of Danny Phantom on your YouTube. I'll tell you that right now. And he recommended watching Prison School to us, which is uh, an anime. And as most of you may know, um, last week uh, Dragon Ball Super wrapped up its whole run for me. So now I'm out of things to watch. 
uh, on Sunday morning that is, you know, uh, English and anime and stuff like that. So maybe I will go give this um, show uh, a gozy. So uh, to fill that, that <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at the show on Google Images, and there is a. <laughs> I don't know. I have some questions basically after looking at some of these screenshots, but uh, that is just anime and. Uh, Japan in a nutshell of uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, and uh, we'll throw the third shout out to Alden Reynolds. So Alden Reynolds and Electric actually both <laughs> responded to my candy corn popcorn combo when I went to go see the Joker. So uh, apparently we hyped candy corn up enough over the last couple of weeks to where it broke through and people just had to reach out and uh, and know. But if you're listening to the Joker podcast, found out that candy corn and popcorn, not a bad combo. Check it out. Sweet and salty. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I opened up the uh, caramel candy corn earlier today, Mike, uh, to, to give it a go. And it didn't really taste like caramel. So uh, kudos to it for, for keeping it subtle, keeping it real on, on that <laughs> kind of stuff. And I don't even like candy corn. So I, I had, a, had a little bit more. Um. I, again, been one of those weeks. I've not got to watch anything at all. I've been doing a lot of other stuff, hanging out with people, doing things. Uh, went to a an orchard, you know, uh, got, you know, and then did a, a fall fair. Had a Bloomin' Onion, one of my favorite things. Oh, Bloomin' Onions. What have you been up to, Mike? Man, I just wanted to give a shout out to the show Primal, with it, which is uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's uh, newest animated show. The guy who created Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab, he's uh, he did uh, the the 2D animated Clone Wars back when they were just a couple minutes long at the very beginning uh, of that process. Uh, but he had a new show Primal, which aired this week on Adult Swim, and I actually caught the very first episode at uh, Comic Con San Diego this year, so I haven't had a chance to watch the rest that aired this week uh, but apparently it, I, it's not a limited series but the season was very short it was only five episodes and they aired Monday through Friday night on Adult Swim oh, really? so uh, I mean I don't have cable but I, I looked on Amazon Prime I can just go on Amazon Prime and like buy all these episodes for like I think $12 which I might do because that first episode was amazing it was phenomenal so uh, if you have like a cable subscription if you have access to the cartoon Network or Adult Swim app. I don't really know which one if they both connect to it, but go check out Primal. The first episode was amazing, so I'm sure the rest of it is great. So uh, Primal, Adult Swim, that is my recommendation for the week, Chris. Well, there you go. That is a great kickoff for the week, people, uh, to get some recommendations in there and do that. But uh, we're here to talk about some news, and I want to go ahead. We've talked about the cast in the Suicide Squad, I think, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I gave Mike the 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 task of looking at arm fall off boy at one point for <laughs> yeah and i think uh we've got some new uh images here that can possibly show Whoa. some of these characters are and i think <coughs> i'm pretty sure um that some of these characters are going to not live very very yeah. long because- man i was not expecting like an actual gallery this is like somebody somebody got the telephoto lens out and and filled up the entire memory card here for sure this is a this is a this is a lot here yeah it is uh this gallery is again is copyrighted you can go take a look at it here we're gonna go through some of it i think you know uh on the first image of course you get to see is that pete davison is that his name from um uh, saturday night live there mm-hmm. and a guy with a motion capsule the motion capsule is um James Gunn's brother, who plays Craig, Sean, Sean Gunn, I believe. Yes, who did uh, an intro for our show back in November, whenever it was at Comic Con. So he's obviously going to play some sort of CGI man, as usual. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Davis and their Pete, he looks like maybe just a regular military man, I guess. Nothing really special about him. 
Uh, but then the next photo, you get to see a guy in a bright yellow and blue outfit and long, yeah. wavy hair with a mask. This looks like somebody who is ripped straight off of a comic book page. <laughs> and then also, it looks like he is uh, he's joined with this uh, woman who's in like a purple jumper and red skin. Uh, looks like somebody that might know Gamora if she could cross universes, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, she looks like maybe she'd be a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, for sure. Like, some space uh-huh. person. Uh, I, I thought for a second there, the, the skin color and the, the, the outfit color looked like, what, Starfire? Is that kind of like her colors from the show? Yeah, it does look Starfire-esque. And then uh, the guy kind of looks like Booster Gold, even though I know it's not him. Uh-huh. Uh, or, or someone from like an irredeemable comic book. And if we skip forward a couple, we get to see uh, the return of Captain Boomerang and Nathan Fillion in um, a green outfit, not the um, genital-colored one from the uh, comic <laughs> book Arm Fall-Off Boy. Uh, yeah, I, he looks more like an arm fall-off man here. Yeah. Um, if, if if I had to make a guess here, so when James Gunn tweeted out the big cast list for Suicide Squad, he said something along the lines of, uh, don't get too... Uh, <laughs> Don't get, don't get too precious with this casting don't get uh, because too it attached. sounds like attached. Yeah. yeah. So um, it looks like uh, some of these characters are going to die. So if I had to guess, just based off of the ludicrousness of what I'm looking at here, uh, first of all, arm fall off, boy. It's just a yeah. hilarious concept to begin with. We got some sort of CG character, Pete Davidson, which I just can't. I just can't take seriously looking at them. I just feel like these are all of these characters are going to die. Like yeah. just in one really funny opening scene or at least half of them. Who knows? Maybe Jai Courtney uh, makes it out alive. Maybe possibly arm fall off boy. Cause I feel like his, I would just like to see him through the whole movie cause it'd be hilarious. But some of these other characters just look a little too goofy, but who knows? So my theory is, is this is the one weekend of shooting that these people were hired for and they're all going to die much like, um, what was the climbing guy? The, oh, the grappling uh, hook dude, uh, slipknot slipknot. I feel like these people are going to go the, go the way of a slipknot and go very quickly, well, but I feel like James Gunn will do it in a very hilarious way. Yeah. If you keep going and look later, the guy in the blue and yellow, he's got like a huge spear in his hand. So I agree. I think these mm-hmm. are like, this is going to be like, the, it opens like, here's the suicide squad. Here's your team members. And then they all end up, it's dying just like out of Deadpool two, all on Deadpool two when he did the X-Force oh, thing. Yeah. 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 With the helicopter and the power lines. And everything. Yeah. They're like, okay, here's all your people. Here's what they're doing. Oh, they're doing good. They're doing good. And they all maybe die except maybe Captain Boomerang. Since I figured Jay uh-huh. Courtney's the biggest name returning name here, at least um, uh-huh. as much as I'd love to see arm fall off boy again, he might just be more comedic relief for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think I don't think he's gonna last very long. And but these photos are pretty cool. You know, I like I like seeing the outfits and what they're doing. A little I mean, bit. it it definitely looks like they're going for. Uh this is going to be like, I feel like this is going to be like a comedy, much like a lot of other um, James Gunn properties. It's it's hard to imagine him taking this seriously, which I'm okay with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think he's going to be able to have a little more freedom of uh, offing people than he did in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, right off the bat with these characters. DC's not so precious. But <laughs> we may see some of these characters, who knows, up here in Crisis on Infinite Earths because they're just piling everybody into this crossover. Uh-huh. Uh, they got five episodes, right? And they're they're just gonna how many? If you're a DC character, you're gonna show up in this. I don't care who you are. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The upcoming crossover will reportedly feature a Lucifer Morningstar from the show Lucifer, uh, and he's filming. He's been filming scenes with the characters Diggle, Mia Smoke, and uh, the Constantine character from Legends of Tomorrow. 
Sure. Why the Why the heck not? Isn't he? Um. Isn't that show coming up on like its last season on Netflix? Yeah, se- so. season five on Netflix. Uh, Lucifer and Sandman. They were Vertigo properties, which is integrated into DC. So I can see why he's doing this. I don't know what his point is here. Like, are they all going to show up at the final? Are they going to try to pull an in-game final scene here, where they're like <laughs> Infinite Earths assemble and they all go around here? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is where, you know, that's the least interesting one here. Actually, we've got some more um, interesting ones next up. We have Burt Ward, uh, the Robin from Batman 66, uh, filming with a, a a dog who people assume is Ace the Bat-Hound as well. And uh, Burt uh, Ward's wearing his, ro- like, a big, big, huge, looks like windbreaker that are ro- that are Robin colored in, the, in this <laughs> suit. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be fighting or joining anybody here, but I mean... They definitely got him for, you know, an hour of filming with a dog. Holy crossover, Batman. It, we'll just... Uh... <laughs> exactly. So that's one. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame they can't bring back uh, Batman uh, since, you know, we lost uh, the actor, Adam West, Adam West uh, a while back. Uh, but, you know, Burt Ward's a good thing. The other thing I was reading right before this here, apparently they're going to be referencing Batman 89 here by having a Michael Keaton appear on a newspaper with one of the uh, news reporter actors like reading it saying Batman to uh, or not Batman Bruce Wayne to wed Selena or not Selena Kyle uh, probably Selena whoever was in the first Batman movie um, in it and um, that's their reference to the Michael Keaton Batman movies <laughs> I like to imagine they're just like yeah there's no way we're getting Michael Keaton in this but you know what this is all under the Warner Brothers uh, umbrella I bet we can just get uh, permission to use his photo and his likeness so just let's just put him on a newspaper so this is this is funny this is like almost like creative problem solving like we're just gotta pack in as much as possible yeah who, who do we not have here at this point is, is the question and lastly uh, the Titans from the DC Universe show are scheduled to make an appearance as well, permitting on their filming oh. schedule for their current show. Wow. I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, obviously, we all know, yes, 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 Mike has not watched any of the DC streaming stuff. You know, whack me with the ruler and do with what what you will. Um, but I was under the impression that Titans was kind of in this, like, nebulous kind of TV universe where it's just like... We're not overtly saying they are or they aren't, you know, in the same like Arrowverse as all these other characters. But I guess if you if you think about it, you know, there's it's this whole multiverse situation. But I feel like these the Titans could actually just properly slot into the Arrowverse, and they might not have to necessarily say like, oh, we're from another Earth, like. Like, you know, I can imagine, like, the Flash just pointing, like, wow, look at all these people from all these different Earths, and then the Titans are just like, no, dude, we're, like, from down the street. Like, this is our planet. It's like, oh, okay, well, come fight with us. Yeah, I I don't know if any of them have necessarily, like, crossed over, like, maybe Donna Troy or any of the other ones have been in Arrow before, but, I mean, multiverse, they could literally do anything. Like, how many... How many things can we tie into this one thing? They're, They're doing what Marvel took ten years to do in five episodes, so... Uh, let's see. Let's see how this plays off, Mike. Now you 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 had my attention, but now you have my curiosity. I want to <laughs> see how this works. Now I w- I would hope just because 
uh, I, these CW shows, they all eventually get stale. No matter how strong they start off, after a couple seasons, you kind of just get into a rut of just telling kind of like the same stories of how can we introduce a big bad in the first episode of the season and then stretch them all the way out until you finally resolve it in episode like 23, which is just a lot of storytelling to stretch this bad guy out. So I'm kind of hoping this crisis will really affect all of the shows in a big way. Obviously Arrow's ending, but I just kind of want to see a, a bit of a shakeup over there. Like, you know, the whole universe doesn't have to collapse in on itself and everything gets rebooted, but, you know, I honestly don't think it would be a bad idea if all of these shows maybe cut their schedules and went to just 12 episodes a season. I know that's like cutting a lot of work for people in Hollywood, and I'm not trying to be a, <laughs> be a douchebag about it, but, you know, you know, well, you know, these seasons, I mean, we talk about like Daredevil having filler for being 13 episodes on Netflix. I mean, come on, if you watch a season of The Flash, there's like maybe five episodes that you have to really watch. Well, they could do the the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. approach, which is like three stories per season. They could do like little pods yeah. where it's like three bad people per season and... Yeah, I would be more down with that for sure because I really felt this in some of the seasons of Arrows that I dropped off of. It's just like, how many times is is Green Arrow going to come across the bad guy? And we know he's not going to beat him in episode 10. We know he's not going to beat him in episode 16. He's not going to beat him in episode 18. It's going to be a couple more weeks until he finally beats him in the final episode. So, yeah, the, the formula really starts to show after all those weeks. Oh, yeah. Well... Maybe this will do something. I think, you know, if you remember, The Flash started off by saying the Flash has disappeared during a huge crisis or whatever. And I think they're going to tie that into this Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. So uh, it made the the Flash may disappear for something. But I think that's like their best show right now, maybe with Supergirl being second. Yeah, I feel like that's probably it's it's been their top show for a while. Maybe temporary, temporary disappearance, but. Who knows? We'll see what gimmicks they got. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John Wick spinoff universe, uh, there's a movie coming out called Ballerina, which is going to focus on the, you saw the third one, right? With the little Angelica Houston mm-hmm. ballerina thing. Uh, and they've hired Lynn Wiseman, who's known for his Underworld movies, to direct this uh, little spinoff ser- show, I guess, movie. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a full series or not, but I... I know that they were working on a TV show uh, for this. I did not know they were doing the ballerina spinoff so quickly. Yeah, this. This, this seems like one of those things where Hollywood is just very interested in a brand new original property that was just kind of grown out of the soil with tender love and care from a bunch of stunt people. And they're just like, oh, wow, a franchise? We were We were just used to the franchises that had existed. We didn't know people could just make new ones. So it just seems like they're just trying to pull whatever they can out of the John Wick universe. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the idea of more of the Continental just because uh, it just seemed more interesting to me. Uh, The ballerina stuff could be interesting. I'm not saying it couldn't, but um, I feel like in order for it to be tied to the John Wick universe, you're going to have to tie it into this whole kind of ritual of, you know, maybe the coins, the currency, the assassins. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did not John Wick say he was raised by her? Yeah, that's the thing. When I when I saw this bit of news, I was trying to reconcile with my memories of seeing the movie earlier this year. And yeah, I I thought there was like some sort of like passage. Didn't he did he I don't remember if he gave them a coin or if he gave them some sort of keepsake. He yeah, had it, it was a, like a cross of some kind yeah. and then they had to like destroy it or something. So they, they couldn't give it to anybody else again. Yeah. 
And I thought I heard, wasn't there like a rumor of like some sort of like sp- another spinoff of like the like these homeless people that aren't homeless, but they control like the underground of the cities. So I feel like there's a lot of factions that maybe you could kind of carve off, but I'm not holding my breath until I see something yet. You know, I, I that seems like the, a streaming TV series makes more sense in the economics of Hollywood right now. So I'll, you know, I'll kind of wait for that Continental series that, I don't know, I think maybe it was supposed to go to HBO, um, but I maybe I have a feeling this is just like a rumor that's floating around. Well, the, the wait, wait, what's a rumor? The ballerina stuff. Uh, I mean, I I suppose if it's if it's reported, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come to well, fruition. He's been hired to direct. I mean, it's farther along than the Continental is. I think to me. I mean, if they've got a director, I don't know who the showrunner is for the other one. I mean, we speak in it of nebulous terms here and there. I mean, I would much rather. I agree with you. See the world be built out on its day to day operations rather than this one kind of I guess offshoot of where assassins are trained. Uh, to me, because to me, this does not seem like what was that movie Red Red Swan or whatever Jennifer, um, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, in, yeah, which is just another Red Room, which is the Black Widow movie. Like, th- does this not scream Black Widow again? Um, that they're trying to go for here a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I I agree. I would like to see the other shows maybe delve into like how are the how does the world exist? Because literally everyone in those movies is a hitman. If you just watch them, like every, oh, you want to walk by five people on the street? One of them's probably a hitman. Uh, <laughs> your taxi driver, he definitely takes your co- golden coins. He's a hitman too. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'd like to see what that world looks like as a whole, rather than just like a, this one little uh, movie that looks like it's probably going to look like every other movie. We, mm. we've come well, around. I I just checked IMDb and uh, the Continental is listed in there. There is. Uh, there is no other information attributed it. Uh, so if you have IMDb Pro, maybe go check it out, see if you can get any more information out of it than I could. But um, it seems like we're going to be getting something outside of Keanu Reeves eventually. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to run out of, of straight line movies to do for sure for this. He's doing video games now, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What is that? Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. Later this month, I can't believe it's already October. I can't believe we're almost we're halfway through October, Mike. Holy uh-huh. hell! Um, later this month, the final trailer for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is rumored to drop on October twenty first, so one week from tomorrow, which is halftime during Monday Night Football and the late Carrie Fisher's birthday. Uh, of course, it has to air the day after we record the podcast. So two weeks until you hear our reactions about the trailer. But uh, you know what that means. Though. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, it seems like November would kind of be too late to start airing a trailer since this movie is in December. Uh, but I'm hoping this gets me get this gets me hype. Um, I got to see the trailer with the uh, switchblade lightsaber in front of uh, the Joker. Mm -hmm. So it was the first time I got to see it like on a big screen and that got me pretty excited. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we can uh, pull any story points out of this and maybe start to cross off our bingo card uh, that we made a couple weeks ago. So this is like your final warning, basically make your star Wars bingo card um, and see if you can, uh, if you can predict what we might get in this final Skywalker chapter. Yeah. Um, the source for this is always has, has usually been reliable on trailer dates in the past, so that's why we're pretty solid on it. But I'm going to tell you because it's October 21st, less than two months before the movie. Guess what they're going to do? Tickets are going to go on sale. 
No, I mean they've done this before. I, I not just Star Wars, but I distinctly remember seeing trailers that premiere during a major sporting event, whether it's NBA or NFL, where it announces tickets on sale. Um, so I mean, get yourself ready, get yourself prepared, because usually Star Wars ticket sales will crash ticketing websites. Mm-hmm. So you know, make sure you got your bookmarks ready. Um, get get your apps prepared, because if maybe the website's not working, go try the app, because usually those things possibly run on different servers. So just prepare yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Have your bank account ready because you're not going to one way. If you wait a day, you won't get in the first day for this final star Wars movie. This is nine mm-hmm. of nine. Like they are, oh, I, they're not going to mess around on this one. Yeah. And I imagine they push that verbiage a lot in this trailer of like the final, the end it's here, get your tickets, give us your money. Yeah. And, and, and people will be like, well, it's two months early. You think they really will? Yeah, I think they will. I, I 100% think they will sell tickets two months early to rack up the the box office and the numbers early for this movie because they wanna they wanna they wanna close their their bank accounts for the end of the year and be like we're done we made we made all the money. Uh, uh-huh. If any movie can break Endgame's record this year, it is this one. Man, I'm just kind of like I'm just kind of reminiscing on the time when I got my tickets for The Force Awakens and how much Star Wars we have gotten between. Episode 7 and Episode 9. Because even before Episode 9, we're going to be getting The Mandalorian. So we had, we've had we had so much uh, of, like, upswell of Star Wars. I feel like um, it doesn't feel as special anymore, but it, it's in, it, I, at the very least, it's impressive how much they've been able to crank out in between these three well, movies. I, mean, I know you're not um, a Star Wars book reader, but there's been a ton of books coming out lately. And a whole new video game this year as well with the Fallen the Fallen Order game. So mm-hmm. there's a lot That's of Star true. Wars content in the past several years. So um, be be ready for this. Be ready for that trailer. Be ready to buy your tickets. Don't mess around. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna go into this weird section of the show where we had all these trailers this week for a bunch of weird stuff that I wanted to get Mike's opinion on uh, okay. because uh, I one of my favorite rides at Disney World is the Jungle Cruise. It is a fantastic Great. ride. And they turned that, that into you a went, movie. I'm, I'm glad that you went on the ride because I was told that there's some bits in this trailer that make reference directly to the ride itself. And uh, they went totally over my head, like uh, like the backside of water gag, yeah. which seems very out of place in the trailer. And I'm just, I just kind of like, what was that? And then I had to go through the uh, the comments on the internet to be like, apparently that happens on the ride. Yeah, because you go under a wa- a real waterfall in that in the ride, mm-hmm. and they're like, and now look to your left, it's the backside of water because you're under the waterfall. The trailer uh, okay. doesn't show that off very well. Um, so yeah, like I thought it was interesting that you know in this trailer. The Rock is essentially faking a Jungle Cruise with all the, these uh-huh. props and puppets, which I think is fun because that's exactly what the Disney ride is. And then uh, Emily Blunt is essentially a female Indiana Jones uh, taking him on an adventure. Is this the the Mummy for twenty twenty twenty? I I got similar vibes. So I feel like when it comes to live action Disney movies, like just purely Disney, I'm not talking you know uh, I'm not talking you know live action MCU or Star Wars, just Disney proper. I feel like it's a sliding scale. You know we're gonna be uh, is we're gonna be talking about I guess spoilers are here in a second. We're gonna be talking about Doctor Doolittle. Is that Disney or did I just make that up? It's gotta no, it's be Disney. Disney. Right? It's gotta be. Yeah, it just it looks so Disney. So on this sliding scale of how live action Disney this is, I feel like Jungle Cruise kind of is landing like somewhere in the in the middle. It doesn't seem too crazy. Um, 
computer generated. You know, I feel like I'm getting vibes of when I go to Disneyland and I see the jungle Indiana Jones area, especially the interior shots. I think those are the shots that I actually enjoyed the most. The trailer opens up with Emily Blunt, like trying to steal something from like this, um, this office. What is this? Like 1920s era? Is that yeah, what you want to yeah, say? Yeah, it's like 20s to 30s. Yeah. So she's trying to steal something from this office and then there's some like wacky like situations. I was like, okay, I'm digging this. This kind of gives me a little bit of like an Indiana Jones vibe a little bit and then there's some interior shots in the jungle where you're kind of seeing these like uh these kind of like old glass windows that you see on doors that for like detectives and you know i like kind of like that vibe that we're getting from the the prop and um the set design um i I just hope it just doesn't end up being generic Mm -hmm. uh it looks like it could be fun uh, one thing that I was totally shocked, um, I saw some people saying, oh, has it been long enough now till we can finally have another um, Haunted Mansion movie? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, they made a Haunted Mansion oh, movie? Yeah. I almost, and then I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, I vaguely remember this Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie. And I was like, did they pump this out well, right after Pirates of the Caribbean, thinking that they may, well, they may strike gold twice? And I was surprised they both came out the same year, which means Disney was just like, hey, let's try to make movies out of our theme parks. You go make Pirates of the Caribbean. You go make Haunted Mansion. Let's see what happens. And it was just Pirates well, of the Caribbean at the end of the year. We, we'll talk about how... Eddie Murphy can ruin movies here in a little bit. It's similar with oh. the next one that we're gonna, in two we're going to talk about. But like, I, I think you know there are very few. Whenever I was younger and I went to Disney, Jungle Cruise was closed down when I, and I couldn't uh-huh. ride on it. But I purposely went multiple times the past two times I've gone because it is so fun and just enjoyable and it's full of bad puns. And if you know me, Mike, what do I enjoy most in the world? Uh, you love your. Puns. I do love a bad joke, so uh, I, I definitely think it's full of it. It's full of it here. The Rock always charismatic as usual. You know, it looks like a what is it? Um, his other movie that's coming out this year, um, Jumanji. Light. Oh, Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. That was that seemed to be the top comment of everybody this week. Of how many jungle movies is The Rock gonna do? And I'm not saying it's not an interesting observation, but that observation was made like. Uh, earlier this year when like set photos for Jungle Cruise came out. Yeah. People already started putting that stuff together. So it's already been out there. And also he was in a movie uh, in the early 2000s called The Rundown where he's yeah. in the jungle. So it's like, all right, people, the observation is now done. Get your memes uh, out there. They're about to expire. Yeah, And, and oh, Moana probably had jungles in it. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Either way, I think it looks fine. Of, of the Disney movies they put out, you know, this one looks like it's 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 above the bar. Uh, it's not the one that's going to fail horribly. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I agree. Another movie I I don't know how to feel about because I simply think <laughs> Pixar does not know how to cut a trailer to save their life yes. is Onward, the upcoming Tom Holland and Chris Pratt Pixar film where they play are there they're elves is that right magical elves or yeah sure something one, in a, in a that, modern world you brought up something very true that's one thing that i have learned in the course of making this show over the last couple of years is now that like trailers just are uh more uh critically analyzed uh now uh yeah pixar can't cut a trailer very well uh but i can say i was I was not expecting um, a topless dad in this trailer of just the legs down. So that actually kind of made me interesting, interested because I was just like, somebody sat down and wrote this screenplay and was like, I'm going to have 
a character who is only legs for pretty much the entire movie. And I have a feeling we're not going to see the top of that dad until the very end of the third act. Right. So I love the idea of just like, like not only are going to, are they going to be playing with this idea of like, what is it like in magic in the modern world where people don't, it's not special anymore. It's going to be kind of like when the Flintstones use dinosaurs, you know, to like, uh, to like as a garbage disposal, it's going to be like people using like magic. I don't know to like, uh, to like change the channel on the TV or whatever. So I like the idea of not only are they playing with that, with like unicorns eating out of garbage, but also, yeah, we're also going to have like this, uh, these, these appendages just running around the whole movie. So I feel like there could be something unique out of this because it's starting to seem just weird enough. Well, it is. It's very, it's, it was unexpected, I guess. Uh, When I saw the first trailer for Onward, I'm like, oh, this is very going to be very predictable kind of movie. Like you have the, Jack Black esque, you know, big brother who drives a, a, va- a van around and they're on a quest to do something, and then mm-hmm. the timid little brother who's like probably very scholarly based is like, I don't want to be and, here, and, but I have to save the day, and looks just <laughs> like the character from uh, Ratatouille, the the human yeah. character. So uh, by by combining this with a story of how they're bringing their dead bad dead dad back for a day to talk to him with his magic staff, and they only get halfway done is very enthralling here. I'm like, well, this I, is going to be great. I hope you're ready to cry because I feel like this is going to be, this is just going to be a ball fest for sure. I mean, I, I, I've been lucky enough to never have um, any of my uh, parents die um, uh, yet. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying wow, it like that. Jesus. That seems like, <laughs> that seems so morbid. I mean, it's just the, the, it's the state of being human, but uh uh, I have had very close people in my life who have lost uh, uh, a parent uh, early in their childhood at very critical times, and they would, you know, they would just do absolutely anything. They would give up anything in the world just to have a chance to talk to him again. So I, ca- I, I can't imagine like this happening to these characters in this movie. Like we just, we all know we're going to be crying yeah. our eyes out in that third well, act. So it, very, very, very interesting. Uh, um, very it, interesting idea. And the voices, uh, again, Tom Holland, our own Spider-Man, Chris Pratt, our own Star-Lord, their voices line up with these characters so well already that you're like, I, I'm buying into the characters. Like, it's not you like know, a, a big wall. Like, I don't know, who, I know who I'm listening to, but it doesn't distract me from what I'm watching. You, you know, now that I think about it, these three trailers that we're talking about right now all have a through thread. They, they all have a Venn diagram some way because Tom Holland I also saw on the yeah. list of the actors for the next movie that we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So the next movie, it is not Disney. This is actually Universal. I just Googled it. Oh, wow. Uh, this is the most Disney live action movie trailer I've ever seen, and it's not Disney. It is. Uh, <laughs> the trailer for the upcoming movie, Doolittle, the retelling, the third iteration of Dr. Doolittle. Uh, has debuted featuring Robert Downey Jr. in the title role, where I think he's just playing Sherlock, who talks to animals. <laughs> but I think he has an Irish accent that he's putting on. He talks a little bit in this trailer, but it's very he's very soft-spoken, yeah. so it's kind of hard to pick up on. But I was very wary at the very beginning of this trailer because you see things like from the creators of Alice in Wonderland, and I was like, oh, that's not good. And then I think there was another um, there was another credited movie at the top that also I wasn't too enthralled with. And um, 
I think I saw a tweet earlier today from a movie reviewer that mentioned that this movie was in production hell for a while. Apparently, uh, this had bounced around for for a little bit. Um, but this is very uh, computer uh, computer graphics forward for sure, where everything that's living on the screen is generated by a computer. It seems like. So let me go ahead and say I'm biased. I have you ever seen the 1967 Doctor Doolittle movie? No, I have not. It is a musical movie done by Fox. Uh, the animals don't talk, but um, the 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 Doctor he talks to them and and he he kind of translates what they're doing kind of thing. It's like a Chewbacca situation. Yes, and it is very, very funny. It's very unique and original. I really enjoy this movie. Um, it, it, it's on my online server, Mike. I recommend you watch it sometime if you can. Um, right. Then comes along Eddie Murphy in the 90s where he takes all these old movies from the 60s and redoes them for the 90s as comedies, <laughs> right? And just... Yep. I mean, the first Doctor is funny, but the animals talking kind of takes me out of it. They do like five extra sequels after that one. Then comes along this one where the animals are talking again, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not sold on this. I love Robert Downey Jr. I think he's great. I think there's a, a huge cast list in here. Uh, Antonio Banderas is the villain. Uh, Michael Sheen is, is another human character. But then we have, you know, so far as John Cena as a voice, okay? Uh, Ray Fine, Selima Goes, Tom Holland, Remy Malik, Kumail Nanjiana, Craig Robinson, Octavia Spencer, Emma Thompson, all these big names, right? I feel like John Cena is going to be the polar bear. I don't know. I saw he a polar, polar bear, bear in the trailer. He is the polar bear. Oh, really? Wow. I'm just, that was just a shot in the dark. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his name is Yoshi, which I'm like, well, that's a Mario character, but right. whatever. Um, <laughs> so this movie it's not hitting for me and then there was the nail in the coffin and you know what the nail in the coffin is for this movie uh, Mike what's that what's that Chris January 2020 if you put oh, something out in I January didn't, didn't guess it. what done I mean I won't totally say that January is a dead month uh, there's a all it's gonna take is one movie to change the month of January I don't think this is gonna be it but I theoretically think at some point in time a studio could take right. a chance put a movie out in January and it could change the whole narrative of that month. But watching this trailer, I get, I get like wrinkle in time vibes from it. I get, um, uh, what was it? Not the edge, not the day after the tomorrow, Tomorrowland vibe. I'm getting all of these vibes of just like a high budget movie. That's going to just, yeah. Or like, or like pan. If you like, it just looks like, why, why is there just so much computer thrown at this? Like it just, it seems like there's going to be this sentimentality to it. Cause there was this kind of like, there, there was a, a, a course. I don't remember what song it was. It was like a, what was it? A wonderful world that yeah. was kind of like remixed to like a children's choir or whatever. I don't know this, this, all of this going on here. This is not vibing with me. Um, I don't think I'm going to see it. Yeah. I really want to watch it, but like, there's nothing here that's going to make me like, Oh my gosh, they're going to, take what I love to make it better and, and, and evolve it. Um, even, even with Robert Downey Jr. trying to, you know, act his way as this heartfelt. Yeah. The Robert man. Downey Jr. edge seems strange to me. Cause I would just imagine after making these big studio kind of tent pole movies for just years, decades now, I feel like Robert Downey Jr. would have 
I don't know, the next movie he would have made might have been more of a dramatic role or maybe more of an indie movie. I don't know. He's got all the money he needs in the world. It seems like he would start picking his projects maybe a little differently, but who knows? If this movie is coming out so soon after Endgame, you know, less than a year later, he probably was working on this, well, you know, very quickly before he went through maybe the kind of the exit interview of the MCU. Well, I've got it pulled up here, you know, just, just because I was looking it up. The production of this was actually May of 2018 and it was supposed to release with uh in the window of in game to to piggyback on on that but they had to do reshoots and pushed it way back almost a year for it Ooh, so that's not good. no not, not good. a good sign. not good at all um i'm not going to tell anyone not to go see it but i mean we're not we're not barking at the tree to go to go see mm-hmm. this one even with my affinity uh <clears throat> to switch gears a little bit to another trailer that looks a little more uh less tug on the heartstrings if you will uh, Rick and Morty season four debuted a uh, trailer showing five episodes starting November 10th. And- yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if, um, I think this is the first time they've done this. Or are they just going to maybe split it up into parts? I guess maybe they'll do five episodes, uh, pre, uh, holidays and then maybe five episodes after the holidays. I would imagine maybe the back half maybe comes in maybe in February. Yeah, pro- probably to do this a little bit because I think the one thing is I know that they signed up for like what seven more seasons when they last signed up and there was such a long uh-huh. pause in between yep. seasons everyone was like getting anxious, you know, and then they didn't have the whole McDonald's Szechuan sauce fiasco. <laughs> You know, the people who watch Rick and Morty are the worst. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's that. That seems to be a very pervasive opinion on the internet that Rick and Morty fans are a little uh, outlandish, and I totally agree. Yeah. Which is why I usually keep Rick and Morty at an arm's length. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think I've said it on the show before. Everything about Rick and Morty is everything that I love. It's like science fiction, you know, <laughs> um, meta humor, animation, adult. Uh, adult animation like I just love all of these things it's like it's like the perfect show to me but I love it so much I hate the fans I just have to keep it at this arm's length of like I don't really watch the trailers I don't hype it up too much usually I don't even watch it when it airs I just try to catch it maybe when the season's over and then I of course I love it every time I watch it yeah so um weird relationship with Rick and Morty but yeah I'm excited for it yeah it's like I want to say I like it and I want to tell people I like it and to watch it, but then I'm like, I don't want to be associated with the people who watch it, so I'm like, I, I think <laughs> yeah. I'll just pump the brakes a little bit. So yeah, I want I want people to like me. <laughs> yeah, but this this looks entertaining. Um, as usual, more of the same. You know, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. So um, that's mm-hmm. that's what we can look forward to. Now we're on the back half of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about Marvel. Uh, last week, right? Was last week we talked about Spider Man being um, brought back into the MCU. Thank God. Praise the Lord. We have him back. <laughs> and um, the new rumor says Disney doesn't want to share anymore. They just want to buy Spider-Man back. And, mm-hmm. and, and, well, we've said this how many times? How many times this rumor pops up? Every year now? It seems like. It feels <laughs> yeah. like so. Uh, they're like, just buy it back. Well, right now, the rumor, it was previously rumored that they wanted like $15 billion for Spider-Man rights, which is way too much. Well, now they're back in the more realistic ballpark of like four to five billion for the rights. And do you mm-hmm. think Disney would shell that out for Spider-Man? Well, so this is news to me. So obviously, I think it was just kind of a standing fact 
ever since the MCU was formed that at any given time, Disney would like to buy Spider-Man back. No one is surprised that Disney and Marvel want to do that. But I've never really heard numbers floated around. I guess maybe I was off the internet the day the $15 million, uh, billion dollar, million dollar, whatever it was, floated around. Uh, But this one sounds a little bit more realistic just because they paid just about, just over $4 billion for Star Wars. They paid a little bit more for Marvel Entertainment. So now this kind of just seems within the ballpark of their acquisitions. But now you start to say, is the character itself, Spider-Man, and all of his ancillary characters worth it compared to when you bought Star Wars, you bought this whole legacy franchise and this huge fan base that came along with it. And when you bought Marvel Entertainment, you bought like basically the entire comic book catalog. So Spider-Man is just a fraction of all of the characters um, that come with the MCU. So you start to do all the math in your head. You start to do the conversions of just like, well, how many Spider-Man characters is it? You know, is that like 10% of the MCU catalog? What is exactly going on here? Um, But I almost kind of look at it from the other direction. Would Sony give up Spider-Man for $5 billion? Because I feel like if, if, if Sony is looking at it from a pure transactional point of view of we're a business that's trying to make money, I feel like if they just kept Spider-Man for eternity, which I don't want them to do, they could easily make $5 billion just and more than that just of the lifetime of owning this character. So I'm just trying to think, you know... Uh, uh, what you know? What is what leverage does Disney have uh, as opposed to just money? You know, is there like is there some sort of deal where they're just like, well, we'll buy Spider Man, but we'll let you retain the animated movie rights so you can keep making the Spider Verse stuff? You know, I, I'm just kind of confused of just like Sony's just got so much power here of having this crazy legal contract of we just have Spider-Man forever now, sorry. Um, It's just weird for me to imagine them giving it up for any reason. Well, I think the thing is, I'm going to do the math here. You know, the first Spider-Man movie to break $1 billion was this year. uh, Right, Mm -hmm. with with Homecoming. And I'm trying to figure out here what the the world worldwide um, it has only ever made looks like $6 billion. Uh-huh. Ever, and that's including the first Spider-Man and Into the Spider-Verse. So, if they've only made six billion across what twenty years, twenty-something years, what is their value of like what they're paying the people to work on it, the marketing dollars? Are they really making that money? How much of that's coming back to them in terms of production and everything? So, is it? Yeah, we may look at you know they made they brought in six billion, but how much of it is keeping in their pockets? And- and, and also, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They don't get any of the merchandising. They, they have Disney no merchandise. All. Yep. Yeah. So I guess if you think about it, if you take all of the box office dollars and distill it down to actual return on investment, yeah, they they could kind of look at it as maybe more work than it's worth. So it, honestly, it could come down to something as as much as just a high level executive, maybe the just the CEO of like Sony Pictures is just like you know, hey, I'm going to be retiring maybe in a couple years, or maybe I want to move somewhere else. Maybe I'll just sell off this asset for $5 billion. You know, I'll pad the spreadsheet of my tenure here. I'll get like a big bonus and then I'll leave. You well, know, it could be it could be something as just like, as just uh, as human as we've that. We've talked about this before with the president of Sony or, or I think whatever, wanting to focus more on, on products and less movie production going forward. So uh-huh. they've talked about even selling out Columbia Pictures as a whole before. And, and you know, we've mentioned that. So... Columbia Pictures as a whole, well, they have, like, James Bond and a couple other, you know, smaller franchises. 
sell Spider-Man, keep making your little ones, and that way you're not... Because Spider-Man, to market Spider-Man is a huge expense. There's no way you sprinkle a little bit of marketing on Spider-Man, because can you imagine all of the... like When, when, a, when a movie comes out, how much cups and... And, and little things, like things that aren't, you know, merchandise for Disney are being the, done out I, there. I always think of the cutie oranges. Like, I always find it bizarre and hilarious when, like, a big franchise is marketing on the cutie oranges at the grocery yeah. store. So, yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man on the cutie oranges. Like, that's a big... So, I think, to answer your question, I think Spider-Man is worth 4 to $5 yes. billion. It's, it seems high, but for what Marvel can do with that character... Now, if you think of, like, Warner Brothers, I don't, there's no... I I don't think there's any world where Warner Brothers buy Spider-Man. I don't think that's possible. But I don't think it's as worthwhile for a studio like Warner Brothers just like, well, okay, well, what are we going to do with the character? We we obviously could make money off. I could make money off Spider-Man. I don't know how I would do it, but if I had the rights to him, I'd figure it out. I, I, I don't know how I'd do it. I'm just one man. But there's way to pull money out of Spider-Man, but I think Disney could get the most out of it. Well, and if you look at the totals for the um, Marvel-only movies Spider-Man's been in, uh, he has made over $5 billion in, if you include in-game Infinity War (sighs) and Civil War altogether. Uh-huh. So now, if I if I turn off the evil capitalistic mind switch in my head, where I'm worried about Disney having all these properties and then also bowing down to Chinese censors, and and uh, I would be worried about them of possibly having the James Bond franchise because you'll never see like a Chinese villain in a Bond movie if Disney owns it because they want to make sure that movie can air in China. So if I turn all of that uh, all of that anxiety off in my mind. I would just love to see uh, everybody on this show who listens to the show knows that I want Norman Osborn as a big mm-hmm. integral part to the MCU. And that I feel like is just not going to happen until Disney is for sure confident that they're never going to have to worry about Spider-Man. Again. Yeah. And <laughs> even if they just buy Spider-Man out, like you said, lifetime value of Spider-Man so far has been $6 billion. They get $4 billion right now. They don't have to wait 20 more years to see that revenue, which would maybe be 40 more years of actual work. Mm-hmm. So, and hey, may- maybe Sony needs the money. Maybe they want that money to launch a streaming service. Yeah. I don't know. Or build more TVs. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, I-, I think it'd be a great deal. I think it'd be great. And, you know, if we have them all in one place, Mike, guess what? We don't have to worry about covering multiple studios, covering multiple deals, and those deals breaking down and then coming back together. It would just be very much like, here's the Marvel Universe going forward, and all the characters exist and play nicely in it. So that's the dream, Mike. That's what we can only <laughs> hope for. But, um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, I, again, like my notes here, Disney was – they bought Disney for less than $4 billion, I think. So all these other characters have made the money. They can turn a profit off Spider-Man easily from that. Uh-huh. Speaking of uh, characters named after bugs, Ant-Man, uh, people have always are asking, where's Ant-Man 3? Why is it not on the calendar? Why is it not in Phase 3? That's fine. Pump your brakes, people. We don't need Ant-Man 3 right away. But Kevin Feige has said lately that the chess pieces were arranged very purposefully after Endgame. So all uh, the people were, are where they need to be after Endgame. Oh, so not literal chess pieces. Correct. The, the characters <laughs> okay. were put where I was they trying needed to, to be. I was trying to think of like what ch- was there a chessboard? Was this an Easter egg that I missed? <laughs> no, no, you're going way too literal. Uh, but like, so at the end of at the end of Endgame, we see um, Scott Lang with his uh, grown up daughter Cassie Lang, and then uh, the Wasp uh, Evangeline Lilly is Hope Van Dyne. So I definitely think we might see um, his daughter and them appear in an Ant Man three. We might see like maybe her return to stature. 
maybe we get to see um was it Michelle Pfeiffer's return as the original wasp and maybe some of her cos or Man. microverse powers she has that we don't quite know what I, they are I wouldn't be terribly upset if they went with a different director I'm sure Peyton Reed is a nice guy you know I I wish him the best in the world uh he's he's been nice enough to go on the screen junkie the screen junkie show which I really like on YouTube so I'm sure he's great but I was just I just was not a big fan of Ant-Man 2 the more that I think about it. So I would love maybe a little bit of a switch up, but maybe just in general, the story of the MCU is enough to kind of change up what Peyton Reed could do in the third one. So, um, Microverse. Go yeah, to I wanna, the Microverse. <laughs> I mean, I love Paul Rudd. He's got, an, he's got like this new limited Netflix series coming out that's being advertised around town. I have no idea what it's about, but there's two of them. There's two Paul Rudds on the poster, so I don't know if it's a cloning situation or Gemini he's got Man. an imaginary friend or a twin brother. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a subtle Gemini it's Man. the comedy uh, version. <laughs> but uh, we all know I love Paul. Yeah, exactly. I got my photo with him this year at his first Comic Con. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so I, I mean, I think I think they could do more with Ant Man than just you know a heist about shrinking technology because they've done two mm-hmm. of those in a row at this point. Beginning, do I want more big stuff happening? You want, Mike wants big stuff, man. He wants to see the big things on screen. That's some of the best parts of in games battle when when yeah. Good, good. Go big or go Giant home, Giant Man's punching those space worms out of the sky that they could barely uh, beat in Avengers 1. So cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, every other couple months, we always talk about Nova joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yet here we are again talking about him joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the <laughs> character is rumored to debut in Phase 5 of the MCU. Uh, other characters that are slated to debut in Phase 5 include Blade, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men so far. This could also be a Guardians of the Three Kind of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three kind of rumor because he would be tied yeah. into that somewhere. I mean, it makes it makes total sense to have uh, Nova come out of that situation. Um, curious, uh, I'm still. I mean, we have that whole hanging hanging chat of uh, Adam Warlock. We saw him in Volume Two. We don't know what that guy's up to. So um, who knows? But yeah, Nova's a cool character. I wonder. I wonder what angle they're going to go with it. Yeah, if they go with the annihilation thing, and he's like, or no, not the annihilation thing, the uh, the end game thing, because uh, he he's maybe the last uh, living Novacore person because Xandar was blown mm-hmm. up. Uh, maybe maybe he's got the helmet with all the knowledge in it. That'd be cool. They did that in a comic book called Annihilation. So I'd be down with that, where he's the last Nova and has to go around, you know, maybe kicking off the Novacore again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd watch it. Let's let's check that out. Yeah, I mean, I now that I think about it, in Captain Marvel, I don't think I was the biggest fan of how they kind of explained, like, space armies or, like, space troops. If they, if I mean, they explained it at all, but yes. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. Like, we've, I mean, obviously I can imagine a, imagine a universe where, like, worlds are in conflict with each other, but I was never really sure, like, who's the good guys, who are the bad guys, what are the Nova Corps, like, doing? Are the Nova Corps just, like, a bunch of goody two-shoes in the MCU, or are they, like, Switzerland, what's going on here? So if they're doing a Nova movie, like, maybe just really drill in and, like, give me some context of what's going on in this galaxy, you know? Yeah. Well, with the five-year time jump and, you know, a lot of things being blown up and brought back to life, that'd be a good time for them to be like, here's the, the status quo of the space world and uh-huh. uh, maybe maybe he does show up in captain marvel too not a uh, not guardians 3 that'd be a good one uh-huh. we can look at that black widow first movie next year for marvel uh some promo art leaks mike's favorite time of 
the show where we get yeah, some promo art I love promo leaks. I love promo So we leaks. got one looking at a good suit of Scarlett Johansson in a Black Widow suit that looks like every other Black Widow movie she's in when she has red hair. Yep. <laughs> Big surprise there. But also we get our good look at Taskmaster here um, with the uh, the three uh, prong on the shield and the sword and the mask and the, the, the uh, Man, that, hood. Man, that is the spitting image of recent Taskmasters that we've had. Um, and I'm pulling mainly from video games, from the Spider-Man video game and also from the extended trailers for the Avengers game that's coming out that yeah. we got first look at at Comic-Con this year. So yeah, this is very much Taskmaster. I'm curious, I'm always curious how they explain uniforms and costumes in a somewhat grounded and reality world of the MCU you like so this taskmaster he's got a shield he's got a sword he's got a mask but also for some reason he has a hood so like it's just kind of like when you saw that halo trailer back in the day where master chief has a hood on and it's just like why so i'm just kind of looking for i wonder what the ex- ex- explanation well, here is um maybe you can maybe you can uh give me some backstory if you know is taskmaster's Origin rooted in Russia at all, or like um, the Soviet Union, or in any no, way? No, not not really. Um, he he's just a kind of a mercenary who uh, has the ability to like, photographically remember anyone's moves and imitate those like immediately afterwards. And he sometimes teaches people like go, like teaches classes like villains how to to do moves better. Um, I'm also banking that that Taskmaster is a woman under that suit, not a man. But I didn't we see his his character without the mask riding in a like a Link t- tank photo, what? and it was a dude. No, there's no mask. It looks like Lord Zed from um, uh, Power Rangers. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I guess it might be a woman. I just think that I think it would make more sense. Like they're gonna pull. I think they're gonna pull a Winter Soldier on us again, where they did the commercials with him with the black eye paint on, so you don't know it's Bucky unless you read the comic books forever. So they're going to be like, oh, it's a man chasing her the whole time. And then they're like, oh, my God, it was actually one of the other Black Widows. Oh, my God, they mm. got us good. We didn't see that coming. <laughs> they got us oh, good. Except for that one time on Superhero Slate where Chris totally totaled us it was a woman <laughs> and it was coming to get us. I, I'm going to – this is just a, a, a ballpark just guess out of nowhere. And if it's right, I get points. And if not, it doesn't matter because this is from out of left field. But I'm going to guess somebody cloned Black Widow and she is fighting her <laughs> own clone. So that's you, that, you I think that would make the reason. Today. You just you've mentioned <laughs> clones no less than three times today. So, well, hashtag clones. What if it's what if it's Rachel Vice? Rachel the Vice. Uh, the mo- give me some the context here. The mommy, she's in this. She's oh okay, yeah, she, she, I can see yeah. that. I just think that the frame looks smaller than a man, but you know, I could be wrong. I could be proven wrong. Who am I to judge at this point? So, um, but yeah, so there's some promo arts if you want to look what Taskmaster looks like with that the, the iconic suit. The Eternals is currently filming underway, and Kit Harrington is there doing the interviews, doing the rounds, and he is uh, saying that he, in Eternals, is playing a superhero, and he's got a sword. <laughs> and that means he's the Black Knight, which we all kind of knew. So um, That pretty much confirms it. Uh, uh, that what he, that, I, that I, what he did in Game of Thrones, too? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what he did in Game of Thrones. He was a dude with a sword. Um, do do we have any confirmation of any sort of like time period that the, this movie is supposed to take place in? I suppose the movie could open up in a time period and then evolve into the present, but I wasn't sure if we've had any like time period well, laid out. Not it does span thousands of years because they are Eternals, but all the filming has been in uh, modern times right now, like modern okay. suits, modern everything. Uh, what didn't you also give me a picture of them in a a, a, a jean? 
Jack. Yeah, I, I, I came across a set photo of uh, one of the other Stark kids, Rob Stark. I don't remember the actor's name, but he is in this movie. And um, he was all he was all denimed up in a Canadian tuxedo on some set photos. They had him on some wires, so I don't know if they were if they were uh, throwing him through the air or if he's a character that flies. I suppose he could fly. I think he flies. He's I think he's an Icarus. I think he flies. Yeah. So I showed the photo <laughs> to my wife because he's all denimed up and I was like, does this photo, is this reminiscent of a time period to you or does this look like it could be modern clothing? So if she says that the jeans that he's wearing look kind of like skinny jeans. So that could set him more in modern times possibly. But uh, I could also see it being reminiscent of it kind of reminds me of like Arnold in the Terminator movies when he beats up the biker bar and then he gets all denimed out on himself. So uh, it could be maybe uh, tying to the 80s a little bit or who knows, maybe maybe he's just rocking. Uh, maybe just maybe when the Eternals comes comes out, maybe just Disney's guessing denim will be like yeah. the new fashion trend that they want to be on brand. Well, it says a Canadian tuxedo, but the more I look at it, he looks like, uh, what was that actor, um, James Dean? Was that, was that it? Oh, yeah, he looks a little James yeah, Dean-esque. So yeah, I remember James that. Dean-esque could be 50s, right? White shirt, jean jacket, rolled up sleeves. I mean, uh-huh. who, who knows? I mean, it's hard to tell what, what's going on with this movie, but he's got white thing on his hair, like a, like a, like a male rogue. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But Eternals, next November, a little over a year away. WandaVision, the weirdest title show, again, We'll say that every time. Uh-huh. The studio is looking to cast babies to show up as the younger versions of Speed and Wiccan, the children of the Scarlet Witch in the comic books. Okay. And they are rumored to grow up rapidly in her quote-unquote vision, but somehow become real and part of the MCU afterwards. Okay, so uh, it sounds like we're getting a little bit more confirmation of all is not maybe what it seems when um, when this airs. Yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, I would say the Scarlet Witch in the comics is very, very infamously known for having a basically a mental breakdown. So it seems like they got to explore that, right? Yeah, in, in some way in the show. Yeah, I mean, she's got reality altering powers at some point. So I think I think they're going to have to see what this vision is, whether it's her vision or it's Wanda's vision, is what it's called, rather than and it deals with the vision. And there's a big play on words, and we're all missing it. I, I don't know. It's very interesting. I, I think, you know, if they bring her children in, Speed is essentially Quicksilver, and Wiccan is a younger version of, like, a child version of Scarlet Witch. So, uh-huh. I, I mean, if they want to bring a speedster back in, this is their opportunity to do so without, you know... Young Avengers, back... she's going to she's gonna create the Young uh, young Avengers with her mind. That seems the way they're kind of going on Disney+, Plus, doesn't it? Because this would be a uh-huh. Disney Plus show. Well, other than that, I mean, um, She-Hulk is a Disney Plus show coming <clears throat> out. And this, the uh-huh. rumor is they're looking to bring in Liv Tyler back as Betty Ross for this Disney Plus show. and uh, We haven't seen her forever. And reprise her role from the 2008's Incredible Hulk. Um, that would be the second character, I think, to come out of there, right? Because um, her dad, Thunderbolt Ross, has been in a lot of other stuff lately. I mean, I don't remember what... Liv Tyler's role in the movie was except for love interest. Was she a scientist? Uh, um, yeah, a little bit of a scientist, like an, yeah. Because she worked in the yeah, same I, department as he did when he blew it up mm, and turned into the Hulk. Maybe I could see her as possibly uh, being like a liaison or something like that to whoever She Hulk is, or. Well, uh, maybe maybe this is as obvious as it sounds, and maybe Liv Tyler is going to be well, She Hulk. No, so Betty Ross. Is, has sometimes turned into red She-Hulk in, in, in the books, but um, mm. with this, you know, the, the She-Hulk is um, 
normally Bruce Banner's cousin, uh, Jennifer Walters. And if Betty still has blood samples from that first movie and she needs a blood infusion like she got in the, the comic books, this might be a chance to bring those Hulk sample blood fusions in to save her life and give her those green powers. Hmm. All right. It's a stretch. Well, I know. Uh, I don't know. I, I did a... I did a I did a cursory Google and it looks like uh, Liv Tyler is in her forties, so I don't know if that's past the age of what they want to cast for a She-Hulk. But um, I'm excited to see Liv Tyler come back. I've always I've always enjoyed her. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, other than that, I guess if we remember correctly, Marvel TV is still making shows as well. At least one show. Oh. <laughs> um, the maybe could be exciting news later. Right now, I have no context, nothing to base this around. But the Hellstrom show. Uh, debut on Hulu has finally cast announced its cast members uh, at least all mo- a lot of them but we're going to look at the main ones here um, with Tom Austin who was in the Royals and Sidney Lemon from Fear the Walking Dead were cast as Damon and Anna Hellstrom uh, respectively so um, I don't uh, know who these people are <laughs> I love how you always save the last segment of the show to either just be a really weird nebulous thing that we don't really have really any opinion on and we're just like uh, okay they're making a Hellstrom <laughs> show on Hulu uh, we'll see how that goes um, it just it seems like if you want prime USDA choice Marvel it's gonna be on Disney Plus Disney Plus so um, I don't know what Jeff Loeb is going over doing over there at Marvel TV I don't know why um, Disney can't just like lock down these weird bizarre shows I don't I don't know I I, I guess I don't want to be too critical because if if, if, I, if I had my way um, Legion the show that show never would have been made and I'm I I know people love it and it's great and it gets good reviews and I'm glad that that show exists show but like Hellstrom I don't, I don't know. I don't have really how, <laughs> anything how to say. How crazy can you go on a show based on someone possessed by the devil on Hulu? You know, like, mm-hmm. how wild can they get with this show, Mike? Is it going to be tame? This better not be another Inhumans, because I'm going to be mad. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I was thinking about that show yesterday when I was driving around. I'm like, you know, no one's Everyone's, really talked about yeah. that movie, or that show, since it came out. And that's probably better. I feel like... I feel like it's those um it's like those old tales you hear about people that drop acid and then there's that uh there's that whole um bro science where people are just like oh if you drop acid like once you never know 30 40 years later the rest of it could hit you again because it just stays in your system but like this is like inhumans for chris at any given time the fact that the inhumans was a failure to launch uh creeps up into the back of his head and then he goes for a trip it is so cringy thinking about that show like you were you watched the first episode right we we talked about this uh we went to the imax showing of this thing i i I apologize we had to pay for this but i i just remember gorgon walking into the water screaming triton triton and it was so unbelievable and i just i just it hurts it hurts me but you know you know I'll, i'll use this as an opportunity to say a fun thing to do if you don't want to watch a TV show, but you're kind of curious what it's all about, is just to go on YouTube and find somebody that has created a, uh, a recap of the season. Because uh, season 10 of The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, I believe, aired like last week. And I'm not going to watch the show anymore. I just, I'm out of it anymore. It's not must-see TV anymore. <laughs> it's not premium USDA choice television, Chris. Wow. But I'm, I was just kind of curious where it was at. So I just went on YouTube and I watched this guy called The Recap Man, I think is what his name was. 
And he had like these really in-depth like 20-minute recaps of like the previous seasons of The Walking Dead that I haven't seen. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting to see where they took the show. But also, I'm really glad I did not watch these seasons of the show because what I'm getting in these recaps is really, really stupid. So, you know, if, if there's a show out there that you've dropped off watching, you don't think you're going to go back and watch it again, just go online and watch the recaps. You can kind of catch back up. It almost feels like you did something, you know? It's like you found, like, the cliff notes for the book report that you weren't going to write to begin with. So, um, a, a shout-out for YouTube recaps. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I get through a lot of stuff that way, a lot quicker um things i don't want to watch movies i'm like i should have watched this but i never did so were you were you a breaking bad person chris uh, i think we talked about this i caught on to it much later i think i caught on to it like literally in 2012 um when Mm -hmm. i was looking for jobs i was like what am i gonna do with my spare time watch breaking bad and i had to drag (laughs) myself through a lot of that show because it doesn't make you feel good and i was like i don't want to feel bad already already (laughs) but I, i ended up watching it all yeah i saw it all yeah, I mean, I'm not usually a person that goes back and rewatches drama shows, but I feel like I'm going to have to in order to really get the most out of the Breaking Bad movie that just came out on Netflix, El Camino, which shows which shows what happened to Jesse at the end of the series. So I'm just kind of like, do I want to dedicate so much time to rewatching Breaking Bad, or should I just dive right in, like being basically dry on Breaking Bad for almost like, it seems like multiple years, like it seems like at least five years since I've watched anything Breaking Bad related. Or I was thinking, maybe I just go online and I'll watch Breaking Bad recaps, like I'm I'm sure somebody out there has edited something that'll catch me back up just because I know what happens. I remembered what happened, but like, I feel like you want to be in the vibe of the show before you watch it. So, um, uh, basically I haven't watched El Camino yet, so don't spoil it for well, me. Well, <laughs> I mean, why doesn't Netflix do that for you? You know what? I don't know. Maybe they have. I mean, I haven't started it yet, but I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if maybe at the beginning you got some sort of like super cut but usually when netflix does it it's short i i can't imagine it being any longer than maybe oh. like eight minutes or something and i would honestly sit down and watch something for like 45 yeah minutes you need a real fan really get... making this for you they'll they'll hit yeah. the important parts like they won't miss anything and now that it's out people will know even more hey you shouldn't watch this this and this or know this yes yeah. and i guess there's some sort of homage in the movie to the the meme scene where walt throws the pizza on the roof so i'm kind of curious what that is or do they throw like i don't know like a cake on a roof or something i don't know but uh uh, we'll figure it out. I guess just a shout out to El Camino. Yeah. A lot of shout outs. This uh, this episode has bookended with shout outs. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to end it with also saying Hellstrom has 10 episode first season debuting on Hulu in 2020. There you go. We're out of Hellstrom. Mike, it's Sunday night for me. I got to go to work tomorrow. Let's wrap this up. Where can people find you at? Uh, if they want to check me out, see what I'm doing, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Royer Design. And you can check out my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you? Where can they find you? Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You also have a comic UI. People want to know what we're doing, all the other episodes we do. Maybe listen to our Joker review. They hadn't yet, because we did watch Joker last week and did a review with Mike and his raspy, gravelly voice. (laughs) Uh, Where can they listen to that at? 
Well, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. You can go there and check out our awesome show notes. So we talked about some promo leaks, which I always love talking about. We got a lot of leaks to trailers in our show notes, so go check that out at the website. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, obviously, like we said at the top of the show, we love hearing from you. So you can reach out anywhere, uh, Instagram, Twitter, email email, direct message, wherever. We love hearing from you. We want to know um, we want to know what you, what you think about what we're talking about, and uh, we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every single week. Yep, including next week. We'll see you then. All right, adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. All right, least exciting news of the day. Let's go.